0: Brief warning. Our next bit of programming could possibly induce a toxic mix of shock and nostalgia. As for why? Well, two words: roller derby. Welcome to the revolution. This is the Big Kahuna.
1: I'm Denominator. I'm Cy Silla.
0: And I'm Pitchett. And together we are
1: Evil derby,
2: derby,
0: Australia's number one roller derby podcast. This episode of Evil Derby is proudly brought to you by Big Kahuna Burger. <laughs>
3: This is a
0: tasty burger. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three. We've got a big show coming up. I'm really glad to have all the way from Tucson, Arizona, joining us for the first time, a fellow podcaster. You heard his name before. Sometimes controversial, always knowledgeable. Thanks for joining us today. Pitchett.
3: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Hi, Pitchett. Welcome aboard.
0: We're really glad you could find the time for us little Aussies down here. We're, we're recording this on the 12th of May at about 8 o'clock, nice and early in the evening for us. You're recording it at an ungodly hour of about 3 a.m.
3: Yeah, it's 3 a.m., but it's okay. I, I'm excited to do this. I, I really wanted to hang out with you guys, and so uh, it was no problem for me to get up and, and throw on my headset.
0: We appreciate it, So This is a, a, a great honour for us. We've said before in, in our early episodes that Derby Deeds is, is one of the inspirations for getting this podcast started, and we're really glad you can join us, and hopefully we can glean some of that Derby knowledge you've acquired over the years. Well, We're going to pick your to brain. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, for some of the uh, unenlightened folks out there who might not be familiar with the name Pitch can you tell us a bit about yourself?
3: Well, I've been roller skating since I was about seven years old. Uh, That would be 1974 or so. Wow. uh, And I was always roller skating all my life. I never really stopped. You know how uh, even when it's not cool in high school, you know, I was there roller skating. So and then, of course, I found roller derby late in life, just totally immersed myself in it. And, you know, now it's become my life. So. Uh, I, I uh, really enjoy everything that's going on in the roller derby community and I'm having fun doing it.
0: Great, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Denominator, Silla, how you been?
1: Yeah, good, mate. Just uh, heaps of stuff happening in our little derby world as well here down under. Um, so obviously, we'll be talking a lot more about that later in the show. Absolutely. But super duper excited to have Pitchett on the show. You know, like you said before, we're big fans of Derby Deed. So just into episode three and to have a bit of a derby superstar on the show. I really can't wipe the smile off my face right now. It's a little bit cheesy. Yeah,
2: it is exciting. It is exciting. Well, I I had a great... Oh, <laughs> last couple of weeks. How long has it been? Three weeks. I um, In those three weeks, I had my spectator cherry pop. So I'm going to talk a bit about that later on the show. It was very exciting and a really good game to watch. So yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up.
0: Absolutely. We're going to pick Pitchard's Brain a little, little bit later on the show for more information. We're going to have a, a chat about a serious topic being domestic violence and how we can actually help a derby girl in need. Uh, we're going to answer your fresh meat questions. Any, um, we've had received some questions from a lot of fresh out there and hopefully we can alleviate some of your fears address some of your questions and help you on your way to derby goddessness and um (laughs) we've got details on how you can win a set of adam duke wheels from derbyskates.com.au and a lot more now Pitcher, you started your skate supply business and i know you're you work in conjunction with adam wheels a lot have you tried out the adam dukes
3: uh yes i have actually uh i've pretty much tried everything I could try uh, any chance I got to try it because Mm -hmm. because I've access to all that stuff but you know I want to know what each wheel is like and what it's about and it's just a great product all the way around
0: and we're going to give some away I'm very excited by that our first opportunity to have a a prize you know allocated a a competition and we're going to tell you later on the show how you can win that
1: Next up, we have some shout-outs to some very cool Derby people. First one, i got to do a shout-out to Zero Tolerance,
2: a.k.a. Muzz. Uh, we did a bit of a big pimpin' for Coffs Coast Derby Girls on episode two, and the whole time emailing back and forth, I thought Zero Tolerance was a chick, so I'm very sorry. I have to do a shout-out. Muzz is actually a guy, and as far as I know, the Roller Derby War Paint, which was the exhibition that Coffs. Coast Derby Girls were holding apparently went really well and they got a really good turnout and there's some photos on Facebook that if you want to go check them out Coffs Coast Derby Dolls We also got a really cool email from Sugar Pants, Dragon City Derby Dolls, so I'm just going to read that out for her. Dragon City is Bendigo's first roller derby league. They're in their third year of establishment, and our interleague team is the Chico Rollers. We've battled BRDL's Rat Pack back in March for Dalesford Chill Out Festival, and are scheduled to meet up with them again on the 19th of June in Ballarat, venue to be confirmed. We also have several of our girls that are part of the regional all-stars, te- All-Stars team, which played VRDL on the 26th of March and is scheduled to play again. Basically, we've been struggling to get a game in our hometown and either been met with a flat-out rejection by venues thinking we'll damage their floors or just being plain outpriced. So if there's any way you could be able to give us a shout-out, We'd really appreciate it. Derby Love and Bruises, Sugar Pants. So they're in Bendigo and they're looking for someone to play them and a place to play. So if you know of anywhere, get in contact with Dragon City.
0: Consider yourself shouted out, Dragon City.
2: Consider yourself shouted out, Sugar Pants. <laughs>
0: We also got an email from Gunther Hang, a photographer. To set himself apart, he actually does like these portrait work, and I'm really impressed with his photos. But he sent us an email, and I thought I'd read it out as well. Hey guys, loved your second episode, and I'm putting my hand up to say yes. I have prioritized my life around Derby as a sport. I actually love watching and also documenting as a sport. I'm a professional photographer who's been covering roller derby over the past ten months as part of a personal project. I've been covering leagues which are within driving distance of Sydney, and I visited Adelaide roller derby during their grand final bout last year. What I've been focusing Focusing on though, to differentiate myself from the pack, is mainly formal, lit portraits on the site, during or after a bout. Last year I was selected as a finalist in a National Photographic Competition called The Projections 2010 through a series of Derby portraits. My main aim is to compile a book by visiting bouts over the next 12-24 to months. Currently I'm in the midst of expanding the project by shooting a combination of action, documentary and formal portraits. I'm also hoping to finalise a solo show here in Sydney next year in May. The selected works can be found at his website which is GuntherHang.com. Looks forward to hearing the next episode. Keep up the great work, says Gunther. Thanks, man.
1: Thank you very much. I have checked out his website, and it is pretty awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he takes some great shots. We they're might great be using one in an upcoming episode as our banner header.
2: Oh, what, I, what I really like about these pictures, they
1: they are portraits and they're really personal. It really shows the girls behind Roller Derby, so go and check it out. It's very Definitely. cool. We got another e- um, email from a very good friend of the show, Atomic Cherry from Hard. She says, Hey there, Viva La Derby. Just wanted to send through a shout out to Haterade from SIDL for coming to guest coach the members of Hard and a couple of visiting skaters from SWS. The skaters loved every minute of it and are more in love with Derby than ever before. Apula the Hun was meant to be co-coaching with Haterade, but was unfortunately very sick and would like to wish her the speediest of recoveries. Hard would also like to announce that they are opening the next Fresh Meat Intake. Fresh Meat Info Night is Friday, the 15th of July at 6.30 at Hawkesbury Indoor Stadium. Men are welcome to come along to join as referees and NSOs. Any more information, check out info at skatehard.com.au or their Facebook page.
0: Thanks for that, Atomic Cherry. Got a sneaking suspicion she might actually be on sort of Viva La Derby as well.
1: Yes. we don't want to give out all our surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is in the schedule somewhere. I hope so. She's this a very, very exciting. Chick. She's a very cool chick and she's done a lot for the sport here in Australia by starting up one very successful league and it looks like Hard's gonna follow in their footsteps. So we wish we wish Kelly and Hard all the all the best of luck.
0: Okay, now time for our bout recaps. First one off the rank, April 30th, Newcastle Roller Derby League versus Northern Brisbane Rollers. This was up in Newcastle, Gateshead Arena. Northern Brisbane Rollers travelled down. We did mention it as an upcoming bout in the last episode, and I was fortunate enough to get out and see that. We actually got a a recap from Kamikaze Unleashed as well, and I'll just read that out quickly. 400 spectators packed into Gateshead Sports World to watch Newcastle's own Dockyard Dames take on the Northern Brisbane Brawl Stars in what turned out to be an incredibly fast-paced game with hard hits and awesome blocking first half saw the dockyard dames taking a huge lead with 88 points to the brawl stars 42 and two amazing power jams by hippie high roller scoring 15 points each jam the incredible feats of danger boy entertain spectators at halftime then the second half ended with the dames bringing it home with the final score of an amazing 131 to 91 to the dockyard dames MVP on the night was Brawl Stars Demonic and the crowd favourite, Gajilla, sold separately from the Dockyard Dames. It's a pretty good recap and it, and it sums it up great. I I found when I was watching it the big difference was quite a few of those power jams allowed uh, Newcastle to get out, which I considered an upset. Northern Brisbane is a more experienced league. I thought they would come down and probably, I wouldn't say dominate Newcastle but I did think that they'd take out the win and for Newcastle to win on their home ground in front of their, their fans was a really good thing to see. Hippie, high roll as she's going by. Formerly, I knew her as Hippie ass. Really kicked ass in a couple of those jams and allowed them to get that lead and control it. You know, this spells good things for Newcastle. They're playing interstate teams, interstate leagues, and, and coming out on top. They're going into the Eastern Region Roller Derby with a bit of momentum now, and we'll see what goes on. I think the future's bright for them.
1: For sure. Also, we've got, we're also covering the Derby bout of the year that was held on April 30th. That was VRDL versus the Sun State Roller Girls. VRDL won that bout 124 to 93. Unfortunately, none of us were able to get out to this because it was in Queensland. It was shown on DNN on the Derby News Network. And actually, a snippet of this was shown on Channel 10 News, which is massive for a roller derby. We have put that link up on our Facebook page if you haven't seen it before. Check out a great bout. It's still, you can still watch watched that game.
0: I, I did watch it. You watched it as well, Noms?
1: Yeah, it was oh, so good to see it that. It was a great day.
0: bout. And I think and Victoria... Even
1: the of commentary, just saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Victoria able to... You know, it was a rematch from the Great Southern Slam last year, the final. Easily the two best teams in the nation. Victoria roller Derby League, Apprentice WFTDA League, really putting a stamp on that and establishing their dominance again being the number one yeah. league in the nation and showing it again by taking out Sunday. even though it was a great bout. And from all accounts, from what I've heard, it was a great weekend overall with heaps of different leagues travelling up there to watch it. So, it was a great event.
1: Yeah, I heard. like um, I know the girls from SIDO went there. I know the girls from Adelaide went over there to watch the bout so the Derby community really got involved in this bout and really everybody was really excited about it I know that that weekend there were so many bouts on but as per usual Sunstate and VRDL stole the show
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) okay also got another another Newcastle bout to talk about this one was held on the 7th of May Fort Smashley's versus the Harbour Hellcats Fort Smashley's won that bout 137 to 99 another recap sent to us by the awesome Kimikaze Unleashed Four Smashleys take out the Harbour Hellcats in the last bout of Season 1. Hellcats had won 2 from 2 and the Smashleys were out for blood. The Hellcats knew they were in for a fast-paced game when the Smashleys grabbed the first four points in the very first jam with the Hellcats scoring 0. The Smashleys continued to wow the crowd by holding onto the lead despite a nail-biting moment when the lead was briefly snatched away by the Hellcats through a high-scoring jam by Calamity Cutthroat Fixat, grabbing another 14 points. A single point was keeping the Smashleys ahead, but soon they scored some big. points. Points to snatch out a comfortable lead. Halftime entertainment by the very talented young lads of Subject 16 kept the crowds happy while the two teams strategized. Force match leads brought their strategies to the track to hold on to the lead through the second half. They worked hard to prevent the Hellcats hitting 100. The final score was 137-99, to bringing the Smashleys to a well-earned, long-awaited victory. Player of the Bout for Sport, Smashleys was Broken Arrow, and for Harbour Hellcats was The Cramp.
0: That was good to see, because I know that they, they got a three-game season. The Hellcats had won the first two. Smashleys able to come back and get one to save a bit of dignity there as well. Next up we had on that same night, Mother's Day Mayhem from the Townsville's Roller Derby, and we actually got a chance to hear a bit about it from Master Maniac, and and Horrorbell.
4: Hey again, I'm Viva La Derby. It's Master Maniac from Townsville and Roller Derby. Just giving you the half time score for our Mother's Day bout. The rolling ups are 137 to the Dodgers and 92. It's been a uh, quite a brutal first half. I'll uh, call back in about 30 minutes with the final score to you. Cheers. Hey, Viva La Derby. This is Horrorbell from Townsville and Roller Derby. I'm just ringing to give you an update on our Mother's Day Mayhem bout. Um, we've just had a... A very awesome night. Um, the mothers have won the rolling pin ups, um, two hundred and thirty six, and the Dodgers came in at two hundred and twenty six. So it was just amazing. The um the game became very close towards the end. Um, yeah, anyway, we love you guys. We love Viva La Derby. Um, see you soon. Bye.
1: We also had finally a voicemail from a very, very good friend of the show, Holga Von Lomo from the Adelaide Roller Derby League. She's going to be talking about the bout that happened on the 7th of May with the Salty Dolls and the ro- Road Train Rollers.
4: Hi, Viva. It's Holger Von Lomo from Adelaide Roller Derby and due to popular demand, I thought I'd best call in and report on Bout 4, the Roadtrain Rollers versus the Salty Dolls. Both teams went into this bout undefeated, and epic is the only way to describe this one. There was rumour going around that 2011 would be the year of the dolls, and it very well could be. Skateouts were highly entertaining, as has become a standard at ADRD. Roadtrain Rollers, in true Honey Badger style, not given a damn about their bad reputation, while the Salty Dolls ditched their well-loved shark in favour of new-look masked human dolls, which you can find photos of on Facebook. Soldier Dolls' Joanna Fight Me and Road Train Rollers' Kit Kat Crunch lined up for the first jam. Juju taking lead scoring a double grand slam while Kit Kat Crunch was sent to the penalty box. Kilikazi and Trixie Belton picked up the scores for the roadies in the next few jams and held tightly onto the lead. With around 10 minutes to go, Radical Edward took the star for the Soldier Dolls, earning herself a major penalty, but returned in the following jam to gain lead jam status and to close a gap to only a one-point lead for the roadies. This showed the start of some strong strategic plays by the Salty Dolls. They managed to draw with the scores 32 all at the six-minute mark and then go on to gain a five-point lead by half-time. In the second half, Kit Kat Crunch, Whimsical Mimzical, and Salty Dolls' Kissy Suzuki provided neck-and-neck neck grand slams. While at the 16-minute mark, Trixie Bolton pulled back the points for the roadies. The score is now 63 to the roadies and 62 to the Salty's. We also saw Salty Dolls player Blue Renegade fouled out of the game and referee takeouts were geared up to a whole new level with Salty Dolls player Melvin Starr crash-tackling whiteboard NSO Revolusius. Late in the second half, Road Train Rollers' Lady Cadaver made her debut as a jammer against her derby wife, Do you Wanna Fight Me? Unfortunately for Caddy, her team only had two blockers on the track. Busty LaRue was sent to the penalty box, leaving mi- Whimsical whimsical to fend off the Salty Dolls blockers all alone. Caddy said, I got stuck behind a wall of three salties, but she was too bleeping fast and just was by me. Juju eventually scoring a 14-point jam in that one. There was some really great stamina shown by the salties players, but uh, jammer Bam Bam Belal got hit by every single roadie player as she skated through the pack and still remained upright. So with uh, six and a half minutes remaining on the bat, we saw a second player shout out, this time, uh, violent crumble for the road train rollers, and although the roadies had enough gas in their tanks, an extremely penalty-heavy bout was to their detriment this time around. So the final scores were 83 to the road train rollers and 99 to the salty dolls.
1: So thank you for that update, Holger.
2: Good to finally hear her voice. Now I know what she sounds like. The next one coming up was Dusk Till Derby. Also on the May on May seventh, it was held by Sydney Roller Derby League and also featured Western Sydney Rollers. We also got sent in a recap from Bruce Wayne of SWS. Western Sydney Boutlaws had a shaky first half, struggling to hold the pack for the first jams. Their form improved as the half progressed, but were still bouncing off Team Unicorn blockers for much of the bout. Second half, Team Unicorn stepped up their defences, rarely losing control of the pack and hurting the Western Sydney Boutlaws. So the final score was Team Unicorn 133 over the Boutlaws 66. Oh, it was so good to finally see Winnie Bruce. She got Jammer of the Year last year. Is that right, Nigel?
0: Jammer of the Year for Sydney roller Derby. Yeah.
2: Jammer of the Year. You can see why. She just slips through the blockers just like she's covered in petroleum jelly and she just glides around that track. She makes it look so easy. That but makes yeah, it but... sound a
0: little gross, actually. <laughs> oh, <I'm> yeah.
2: <laughs> actually, okay. Sorry. I didn't yeah, think about that before I said that. <laughs> But there was... It's a, just You can take that out if you want. That does sound gross. I have a way of saying things and not thinking about it before I say it. There was one particular jam where the blockers were doing a good job at keeping her in and she just stood up, it was like she stood up, sucked in her tummy and slipped straight through them and, um, and she was off. So, yeah, it was good bout to see and um, good to see Western Sydney out there giving it a go and going up against a new but very good team, Team Unicorn.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting to see the results there. Western Sydney are still a lot younger than Sydney Roller Derby League, but by all accounts are probably the second strongest team in the Sydney region. For so sure. we've got an all-star team going up against a home team and, and losing quite convincingly. Not that there's anything you know against Western Sydney at all, but it just shows the gap that All the leagues in Sydney are going to face Trying to catch up with Sydney Roller Derby League I think we've got a lot of work ahead of All the different leagues there
2: Sydney they definitely I can see now why they, they hold the bar so high And why they're so well respected Because Western Sydney certainly didn't give up Without a fight They really fought till the end But Team Unicorn have some fantastic blockers And some just amazing jammers on all their teams That it's just hard to keep up Western Sydney did really well and but the score was just phenomenal they just got left behind unfortunately
0: I find it also something to point out um, Western Sydney is going to be featured on all their home bouts from now on I think so although there's going to be a, a bout between two of their home teams a, th- a third home team will be in Western Sydney and that's going to give them a lot of exposure a lot of experience and they're only going to get better and better as they play more of those teams.
1: That's an awesome opportunity for Western Sydney like I uh, yeah. take the gagging to get out there and scrimmage against other people to gain more experience and even you know what even if you lose you're you're leaving that bout learning something every Time, sure. especially bouting against people like, oh, the, against teams like SIDL, who are just, oh, you know, out of this world. So, yeah, congratulations to Western Sydney for scoring that. All well done. And they
0: get to do it yeah. on, under the spotlight of the State Sports Centre in the Holden Pavilion.
2: The venue is just brilliant. I mean I never went to the Horden, but there was a lot of talk about how much better the floor was. The floor is perfect for it. The size of the venue is perfect for it. It's almost like it was made for Derby. this venue it was really really good. <laughs> <That'd be nice. laughs> and, and it was good to see They were there was a couple of empty seats around, but it looked packed and the sound in there was just brilliant. It was just so good to hear. you could hear the crowd so well. Everyone had a good seat in the house.
0: Yeah, I yeah. used to go to a lot of the NBL games there, basketball. Yep. I was a season ticket holder with the Razorbacks, and and I remember.
1: <laughs> I think you were the only one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and my three buddies.
1: Yeah, that's um, it. nobody else watches NBL. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was in the. This was a few years back. This is when it was a bit more popular, in the heyday of basketball. Um, it's taken a bit of a dip in recent times, but i I remember as soon as I sort of came into Derby thinking about different venues that you know that it would go to. I was like that place would be perfect, because I remember sitting there watching games and just knowing that every you know seat the view you had it was all perfect so i I know that that place is great. I unfortunately had my tickets ready to go, but was struck down. Clutches of death are wrapped around my leg with a serious infection, and I wasn't able to go. And basking <laughs> in my own tears as I sat alone in pain mm-hmm. at home and missed oh. out on Derby. But that's alright. I, be-
1: I wasn't at that one either, and from the looks of it, I won't be at the next one either. I have another wedding to go to. Who's <laughs> getting married in winter? All these, all these oh, people. I don't know. Just I'm at that age where all your friends are either knocked up and having kids or getting married and I'm the only one that's sitting around making a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So every like it feels like every second weekend or every third weekend I have a wedding or an engagement or a baby shower or something like that and you know, you've got to show face, I guess.
0: Sure. <laughs> well, I will be at the next one. Even if my leg gets cut off, I'll be at that at Skate City on June 4th, so I'm not missing that.
2: Okay, so the main bout of the night was the Deviants versus the Screaming Assault Sirens. And I have to say, that was an edge-of-your-seat bout. It was fantastic. There was... Pretty well from the beginning There was an average of 10 to 15 points Between it With the screaming assault sirens We're in the lead most of the time Second half Oh at halftime it was 55-40 To the SAS The second half was just neck and neck From then on The crowd was pretty evenly split Between SAS and the Deviants I hadn't made up my mind Who I was going for But Haterade just won me over So I had to go for the Deviants
0: Even um, the Derby's own Haterade
2: uh, She was was fantastic she really was i mean all of all of them were good there was just so many people out there bitchy and scratchy was good little whippet man she is just oh, she's a gun and when she's a blocker she just puts her all into it and then it was 76 to the sas 72 to the deviants and haterade pulled out an awesome 20 point jam and it was just... She was unstoppable. Then, yeah, it was 97, 98 to the SAS. And it was oh, it was 100 to 98. It was up and down, just like a couple of points between it. And then two blockers from each team got sent to the box. Haterade went and got another a 25-point jam, and the Deviants had it in the bag. The final score was 123
0: to 109. Just now, now Scylla, like I... We found it all hard to believe that this was the first major bout that you'd even been to.
2: Yes, it was. I've I've got a way of always double booking myself. I've been playing derby for seven months now, and it's still the first proper bout that I've actually seen. So it was a good one.
0: I think you might be a bit spoiled, though, because there are a lot of bouts that you'll be going to in the future that aren't going to have you know, 4,000 people at the state sports centre with all the yeah. production values that they're able to master. So <laughs> it was, I'm sure it was great, but don't get used to that type of... Uh, derby yeah. is still very much a grassroots sport.
2: There was a booty camp held back in uh, a couple of months ago now, and I went to the mixed team bout
1: there, which was very much your grassroots bout, so... Um. Do you know what was good about that bout? Vaiterella, bouted. Kitty the Cavite. Bouted. Rocky. Star. Rocky bouted. Shortstop bouted. These are like superstars of Derby, and half these... Oh, a couple... Well, I know Vaderella for one, is retired. She's not skating anymore. Like, that that was an opportunity and a half to see her skate. Like, I don't know. I'm a little bit Vaderella obsessed. So, I was... I was, it was just incredible for me to see her skate at that bout. It was so much fun as well. I was absolutely buggered from like that booty camp, and all I wanted to do was sleep, but I pushed on to stay up for that freaking bout, and it was so worth it. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, so
2: that, was a nice, that was a nice little introduction, but but this was my first proper bout with proper formed teams, and it was an awesome one. It was just fantastic. So some very good players.
3: This is Pitchett from Derby Deeds. You're listening to Viva La Derby Podcast, Australia's number one derby podcast. What? Australia's only derby podcast? Sweet. Pitch it time.
1: Yay.
3: That's what's next.
0: (laughs) You've been sitting there very quietly, very patiently, Pitch it. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so Pitcher, I know earlier you, you gave us a little bit of background about your skating past, and you've been a long-time rink rat. How did you make that transition from just you know, general skating and to getting into derby and, and getting the bug for derby?
3: Well, it was pretty easy, actually. Uh, we were skating, we were rink skating with our kids, uh, Johnny Smokescreen and I, and we decided that there had to be some Derby in our local area. So we were going to go looking for it. We found the women's league here in Tucson, and we went to a couple games and we decided that we wanted to play. And so uh, once we figured out that we wanted to play, we started looking for a men's league. We found one. It was three guys who had been skating together for six months and basically were just practicing, you know, once or twice a week for the past six months. And so we went over, talked to them, found out what what they were doing, found out you know what their plan was, and started showing up for practices. And uh, you know, next thing you know, we were a full blown league. We brought some guys from the rink with us and uh, went out and and did some recruiting and found some more people and and turned it into a, a real roller derby league. So you know, it, it was easy to catch the bug once you start skating. You know it. it there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so true.
0: <laughs> I find that interesting because most most blokes who you know find roller derby interesting will either get involved as a ref or as an NSO. If they if they're a skater, they might they'll referee. And Not many people just go. You know what? Let's start men's derby up. It's still a rare beast, men's derby.
1: Well, it is in Australia. It's pretty big in the states, isn't it?
3: Well, there's a lot of guys skating in in this, in the US, and so. I can't imagine going and being a ref. That's what I was gonna you have to
0: ask. You were never tempted to don the stripes.
3: Well, you know, when we first started looking, it was an option to us, and we went and we talked to them uh, at Tucson Roller Derby. You know, one time we talked to their refs, and we were so put off by everything that they were telling us that we were just like, you know what, forget about it. We'll we'll start a league if we have to. Uh, you know, we just. They didn't have anything good to say, it just was a bad deal all the way around. And so we decided, you know, forget about that ref stuff. We'll just go go start a
0: league. See in Australia I I think there's maybe two men's derby leagues that that I know of anyway, it's still such a fledgling thing down here that there's there's not a lot of opportunity for men to to be playing. We have had a couple of demo bouts at the Great Southern Slam last year, and then later in December, there was basically refs versus their significant others or spouses. And, and, you know, that's really good to see. But as far as ongoing established men's leagues, there hasn't been a lot of it going on.
3: Well, I would say that percentage-wise, you know, we're we're probably the same way here. It's just happens that we have a lot more women's roller derby here. Uh, so we also have some more men's derby, but I, I would guess that, you know, percentage wise per yeah, capita. Yeah. You got it compared to the amount of women's teams you have there. You've got about the same percentage of men's teams that we have here. So it's, you know, it's happening and it's, it's happening slowly. Will men's roller derby ever take off and be, you know, uh, big I doubt it you know there's too many other sports for men to play uh, and, and if you want to go beat on somebody you know you can start as a little kid by playing football so you know I, I don't really see m- men's derby ever taking off or being all that big
0: what is the perception of men's roller derby there amongst amongst men other like you know sports guys is it seen well, as just a girls sport
3: yeah I, I think most people don't know it it even exists and Uh, then once you tell them they go well I guess that makes sense that you know there there should be guys playing it but you know why would I play it there's all these other sports I can do so you know it's not nobody really gets excited over roller derby unless you're already a skater
2: how different is it because I imagine I've never actually seen a men's roller derby game but how different is it watching a men's roller derby game to a female's roller derby game
3: well it's It's a lot different, and there's one real basic and pretty simple reason, and it's because women actually get together and play as a team uh, quicker and better than men do. All of my experiences in roller derby have been guys tend to want to be the all-star. We're exposed to all-stars in all of the sports we see on television, Uh, And so we think that's what we have to do is we have to go out and be a star. Well, the reality is roller derby has to be played as a team or you're not going to win. And so women get together and play as a team well. And, uh, you know, I I don't know why that is. I I'm not a psychologist, but I (laughs) I imagine there's a whole lot behind that. And guys, uh, they want to be the all star and they want to be the standout and they don't particularly work well as a team. Uh, right off the bat now of course guys can work well as a team and and you know with a lot of practice they get there and they we've had our struggles with playing as a team but default strategy helped that out a ton and and so you know eventually your guys start start playing together and start looking like they know what they're doing
0: whereas women guys want to be jammers
3: yeah exactly (laughs) women kind of hit the floor and already look like they know what they're doing so it's different for sure. Now. Uh, in just the gameplay itself, you will see some huge hits from guys, especially, you know, guys, teams who don't particularly understand strategy. They're just out for a huge hit because they think that's what will win them the game. And that's, of course, we're finding out now that that's not necessarily true anymore.
2: They let testosterone get in the way a little bit.
1: <laughs> Ego. Yeah, yeah Ego, for sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, you mentioned before uh, default
0: strategy. Coming from just a skating background with no specific Derby experience to then wanting to play and start up a league, how did you move from skating skills To derby specific skills or derby strategy. I know that in Australia, there are a lot of leagues that the girls can get up to skating level pretty quickly, but developing a strategy to actually play the game as opposed to just being able to skate well is a big difference. How did you make that transition?
3: Well, one thing that stood out to us was that there was no way to teach a newbie what the strategy of your team was. And it was mostly because we didn't have a strategy. A lot of people are under the impression that hit a is a strategy. And it's not. And so we started looking at what some of the bigger leagues were doing and where they were having success. And we decided that we needed to emulate what they were doing if we were going to have success. And we started keeping notes and started keeping track of things that worked for the big name teams. And then eventually we had enough information that we could say, you know what, we can cover about 90% of, of what happens in a game with about four different strategies. And so we just kept working that and formulating it until we had something that was easy to teach and made sense and was covering 90% of the gameplay, you know, made it fairly comprehensive. And so we, we developed it and started teaching it to our own league and we had great success with it. You know, it's a lot less to do with skate skill, although it's It's nice to have skate skill if you're going to accomplish some of these things. However, strategy is is really more a standalone item, and and you have to learn strategy independently of skate skill. Wow, that's that's just
1: sort of... Took over my brain for a second there. It's something that I guess because I'm a fairly, still a fairly new skater and I've only had my first sort of interleague bout and there'll be more talk about my first sort of big bout coming up soon. And we're still working on strategy, something that we're still trying to understand together as a team. We all work together really well. We all get along. We all skate really well. But actually strategy together is just something that I guess I'm still learning to get my brain around so what you're saying is sort of making a lot of sense there for a second
3: (laughs) well it's interesting because when i go out and teach the people who get it the quickest are the people with nothing clogging up their brain already it's the newbies it's all the fresh meat skaters totally get default strategy and they are actually able to go out there and successfully compete using default strategy just in the first weekend of teaching it to somebody. So if you're a league and you've been working on a whole bunch of different things and your brain is kind of clogged up with stuff that you've been trying, you would do well to kind of put all that stuff away and look at default strategy as something basic that maybe you missed you know uh, something I like to to say is that uh, you know when you were a kid you learned the alphabet and you think you know the alphabet and so now as an adult if I were to tell you that there was five more letters that you never learned that that would strike you you know as a big deal well roller derby is kind of the same thing People think they know strategy in roller derby and then I teach them default strategy and they go, man, we had no idea. That there was all this real basic, basic stuff that we should be paying attention to. It's interesting, you know, there's some real basic groundwork that Default Strategy covers. And if you don't have it, you kind of are missing out a little bit. And speaking
0: of which, how do people normally get it? Like, I know you've gone from a very short period of time from obviously being a very experienced skater to playing derby to now actually teaching derby. And now you're going to be traveling overseas to London to teach Default Strategy, which is an amazing opportunity for you.
3: Sure. Well, you know, it's not that it's really like I say, it has very little to do with my skate skill or any ability that I have on the floor. Default strategy is its own thing. I mean, you just have to be a strategist and understand strategy to work through coming up with this process. And once you get your arms around default strategy, you realize that it's real basic. It's not super complicated. It's not magic and it's not mind blowing. It's just if you haven't thought about it this way, then you haven't thought about it this way. And so once you can have the opportunity to be exposed to it, you start to realize, yeah, you know what? This is real basic stuff. This is stuff that our training committee needs to be teaching our newbies from the first day they show up so that when they get their skate skill, then we can all do this together and have some great success on the floor during competition. Now,
0: Australia is such a young country as far as roller derby goes. A lot of fledging leagues popping up, so many in the last you know, 12 months even, that it, it's, it really is experiencing phenomenal growth. And it's, it's fresh ground for people to, like you said, the fresh meat pick up default strategy better than people who've had various strategies in their mind already. Is Australia somewhere you're looking to take advantage of these crops of new leagues, new teams starving for some sort of strategy?
1: Oh god, please say yes.
0: (laughs) Well,
3: of course, you know. You can stay at
2: my place. (laughs) We've got plenty of room.
3: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, for me, it's so much more about just bringing up the entire roller derby community. If I can give people default strategy, uh, it will make all of roller derby better. You know, I got an email from uh, Izzy Wright, who skates for Emerald City Roller Girls, Uh, I'm sorry, who's a a line coach for Emerald City Roller Girls. And he's asking me questions about default strategy. And I'm reading it going, wow, he totally gets it. And I've never had a conversation with this guy ever. I just sent him my cheat sheets. I, I gave him the information that I give to anybody who asks for it. And he totally gets it. And I absolutely encourage him or anybody else to go out and teach default strategy. Because as far as I'm concerned knowing default strategy is going to make everybody better. It's going to lead to whatever the next great thing is, which I have no idea what that is, but it's <laughs> it's, it's the stepping stone that's going to help everybody step up one more step. You know, when you watch Rocky Mountain play roller derby, you see a lot of default strategy. All we did was watch the best teams and figure out what they were doing that made them successful. It's not a secret and it's not a surprise and it's nothing... You know that I'm trying to keep secret, if anything, I would just assume everybody has it because then the next thing can happen, whatever that is.
0: Okay, so Derby folks out there, if you want to get a hold of some default strategy and you might be missing that, let's get in contact with Pitchett and, and bring him out to Australia.
1: I think if all the amazing sort of leagues that are all popping up left, right, instead of band together, and we can probably make this happen and then we'll absolutely pick the brain of this amazing amazing person
3: (laughs) well you know uh my deal has always been that if you'll if you'll pay for me to travel and give me some floor to sleep on i will come teach you default strategy i'm not in it to make money i don't i don't care about that you know i am in it to skate with as many people as i can skate with and so if if the leagues in australia come together and buy me a plane ticket Uh, I will be very excited to come and skate with you guys. That would be awesome. But default strategy just happens to be something I can give you in return. There you
2: go.
3: We'll work on it. We'll definitely definitely work on it.
2: Another cake stall, still another cake stall. Oh, those cakes.
0: Yeah.
2: They they will, will pay for your plane ticket with cakes and chocolate crackles.
0: Now Pitcher, oh. you said default strategy is not how you make your money. You've recently gone and started your own business.
3: Yeah, we started up a skate shop here in the US and it was pretty easy thing to do for me, I guess, because I have experience doing those sorts of things. I've always been a management type person. Ever since I started in business, my parents own their own company and it's natural for me to do this. And so we decided that, well, you know, I decided as soon as I started skating roller derby that I wanted roller derby to be my life. I just had to figure out how to do it. Um, so... You know, doing things like uh, Derby Deeds podcast, doing things like uh, teaching default strategy and then opening a skate shop. We're all part of that. You know, I I just want to skate 24 hours a day if I can do it. And so whatever I've had to do to get there, you know, is all part of that process. Opening a skate shop was just one step in that process. And and it's gotten me, you know, that much closer to making roller derby my my entire existence well actually opening the skate shop did make roller derby my entire existence (laughs) because i've been so overwhelmed with trying to uh take orders fill orders keep inventory on the shelf and make it to events that uh it's it's really kind of taken away from my skate time a little bit but hopefully that'll change here pretty quickly once i get it uh under under control a bit so that's all going well for you yeah. It's going great. Uh, derbysupply.net, It's, uh, you know, it's just your, it's the same as every other skate shop, you know, uh, we offer all the same stuff and we sell it at the same prices and, and, you know, hopefully we give a little better service and, and hopefully, uh, Hopefully you like talking to us and you like hanging out with us and you like skating with us. We're You know, we're going to make it out and try and see as many different people as we can see using the skate shop as a tool. And if you like us, buy something from us. You know, if you don't, that's cool, too. There's a ton of options out there. So the big question for our listeners is do you ship to Australia? I was just going to ask that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. You know, why not? I, I, anybody who doesn't is silly. Why wouldn't you? Uh, there's plenty of tools in place for their for shipping to Australia. Yeah, it's time consuming. And yeah, it's expensive. But you know what? If you need stuff there, we'll get it to you.
2: Australians Sweet. are going crazy at the moment with our dollar being so good. They're just got to buy from America. <laughs> so you might get a few Australian orders after this, hopefully.
3: <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. We'll we'll get the stuff over there, you know, whatever it takes.
1: Picture, so I just wanted to ask you a bit about the roller derby World Cup coming up and what's sort of happening over in the US?
3: Well, I, I don't know what kind of excitement you guys have for it over there, but here it doesn't seem to be building much excitement. I, I, hmm. Unfortunately, I don't know the Blood and Thunder people. I would love to talk to them and ask them why they've made some of the decisions they've made. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that they are a little premature on a few things that they've done here. Um, basically for anybody in the U.S. to get onto a World Cup team, they have to come out of pocket with a lot of money to go and try out for the team. I think that is going to limit who gets on the team because some of the best players in the U.S. are not even going to try out for the team. That's my gut feeling. I've had conversations with a ton of skaters and I've asked them about it and I have some you know, uh, some very good friends are some of the best skaters in the U.S. And they're not excited about it. They can't get excited because it it doesn't make sense the way it's set up right now. We got to start somewhere. And so this is a great place to start. And hopefully they, you know, the Blood and Thunder people have some success with this uh, so that it can keep moving forward. But this first iteration, I don't think is is really doing what they want it to do right off the bat.
0: Do you think that it maybe it's laying a good foundation or would you, how would you have done things differently?
3: That's a great question. Knowing the
0: geography of
3: the states in this, you know, 50 states. It's not about geography, really. It's about money. You have to have corporate dollars involved in order to get the best skaters from the United States involved in the World Cup. Uh, if you want to create a team that is the best or represents. Who is the best from the United States? You got to have corporate money. Uh, there's got to be money in there to get these people to tryouts or get them to practice or to whatever. And for them to pay for it out of their own pocket is just not reasonable. And so I think that might be where the failing is. Now, your first question was Is this laying a good groundwork? Absolutely. Uh, they got to start somewhere. And so wherever they started is fine just start and start moving it forward and we'll see what happens with it uh, I'm sure they're learning from their mistakes and they're learning you know what they what they could do differently um, for the second World Cup I guess
0: I'm excited by the fact that there is a World Cup going on I think that any professional sport, that has a World Cup or a, a, a national team, there's never a tryout, it's a selection process. The people who are in charge already know who the best skaters are, if they're part of the sport. They're paying attention, they're watching, they've seen the, the nationals, they've seen the regionals, and they could be able to pick the best 12 skaters in the US purely based on that.
3: Well, I agree with you 100%. I, I think that you and I could sit down and make lists of who's the best <laughs> in the US and, and Australia. Uh, without too much trouble at all. However, Roller Derby never does anything the way everybody else does. For some reason, we have to reinvent the wheel every single time we do anything in Roller Derby. And so it doesn't surprise me that they haven't used a selection process. Even though everybody else uses a selection process, and there's a reason they use a selection process, and clearly it worked, it doesn't surprise me Roller Derby hasn't done it. Now, why I don't know. It's you know you'd have to ask the Blood and Thunder people why they made this decision. But I guess at least we're starting somewhere.
0: I could just imagine like Team USA basketball asking LeBron James to try out along with <laughs> you know local college players and street ballers because they want to be part of Team USA. So. Well, well,
3: I think that's what's happening here to some extent. I think that there's some people who are gonna go to tryouts who probably have no business at tryouts. Uh, Sure, they're good in their local league or, you know, that they may be good in their head, but they probably aren't good on the national level. And so they are, to some degree, wasting their personal money and, and wasting the time of the World Cup people by trying out. And so you're right. I, I guess this is all part of the process of Blood and Thunder learning about how to put on a World Cup.
0: I mean, the truth of the matter is whatever team the USA puts together is going to be or in all likelihood strong enough to take on any other team in the
3: world. With the, 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 where
0: the Derby you know evolution is at this stage the usa is going to be so far above i believe anyway like do you feel the same
3: well i don't want to assume that yeah it it would be nice to think that that the u.s has all the great players and but that's not necessarily true you know there's a lot of people with dual citizenship who are using that dual citizenship and playing for not the u.s and that's going to make those teams stronger you know there's uh there's a lot of people who live in the US who have Canadian citizenship. They're going to try out for the Canadian team because they got better chance. They're going to be a bigger fish in that pond. And so that makes sense. Um I don't fault them for that decision at all. I think it's a good decision. Now, the US dominating the World Cup, well, probably it you know, it goes back to who's going to try out to be on the team. Who's actually going to show up and be on the team, you know? Right now we have we kind of have no idea.
0: I know that in in Australia we've got regional tryouts starting this month actually for the New South Wales tryouts and that is attracting from what I can tell some of the best skaters around. We are fortunate enough to, you know, we don't have 50 states. We've got five or six with maybe three key regions. So a lot of those tryouts are going to be able to be attended by a lot more of the population of of qualified and and good skaters. So we might get a higher uh, percentage of the top quality skaters that Australia has to offer.
3: Well, and that's good news. Uh, The next question is Who's paying for them to get to the World Cup?
1: Yeah, n- no one knows, I think. <laughs> um, we're in the process of hopefully speaking to somebody who's coaching, We will be coaching the Australian team. So hopefully we can, you know, pick their brain a little bit more and find out more information about it. But at this stage, not a lot is known about it. The duby the community is sort of still standing around scratching their heads.
3: Well, and that's what's going on here. You know, uh, we're already seeing the, the problems with this process in that these people are having to buy plane tickets. You know, they're spending $1,500 to go to the tryouts alone and so you know that's just that's just to try out then what happens you know, you got to go to Montreal, you got to play the games. Who's paying for that?
2: And how do they you know, train together if they're coming from all different states? How are they going to train together and how who's going to pay for that and what's that going
3: to cost? Exactly. Or are they going to train together? It, maybe they're not going to train together. Maybe they're just going to wing it, you know? And so that's what these are the things we don't understand about the World Cup that haven't been answered yet and are really valid questions. Having said that, I am hopeful. I think it's you know a good thing that people are
0: thinking this way, trying to unify the sport across the globe. I hope, anyway, that it's going to be a really great event for roller derby.
3: Well, I I think that no matter what, it's a good first step. No matter what mistakes are being made, uh, they're learning right now and that's important and that's where you got to start you know you baby steps and so put it together make it happen learn from your mistakes and move forward and next year it'll be better
2: and i think just from an australian point of view too, to have a collection of good dedicated skaters going over to canada to play against uh, international teams and play against the u.s is only going to be a learning curve for us Um, I think hopefully they all absorb everything like a sponge and bring it back here and improve Australian roller derby. I
0: mean, it'll even be good to just gauge where we're at. I mean, we're so geographically isolated. We see our own derby on a week-in, week-out basis, but we don't know where we stand as far sure. as other, other leagues, other countries go. I mean, in July, we've got a Texas team coming down from Texas Roller Girls to play Victoria Roller Derby League, and, and that'll be good to see, you know, how we fare, but other than that, we just don't know where we are as in the whole Derby world, I guess.
3: Luckily, the world is a lot smaller nowadays because of the internet. Uh, yes. So you have an idea of where you're at, you know? You, yeah. You can watch other teams play and you know if you're better than them or not as good as them and so that helps a lot. But you're right. I think that it's a great thing to be able to bring all these countries together in one location and just have it out, you know? Let's see where we're all at.
1: How good's the after party gonna be <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be crazy. And that <laughs> that alone will be worth not missing.
1: Exactly.
0: Sure. Exactly. <laughs> now Pitcher, one of the things I should have mentioned earlier in the show and I apologize for for my lack of doing so was first of all, congratulations on one year of Derby Deeds yeah, thank you. I know we're a happy couple birthday. weeks overdue in that. so belated happy birthday to you and all the crew. Tell us about how Derby Deed came to be. Whose brainchild was that?
3: Well, it it was Megatrons and Matt's idea. They are the ones who decided that they needed a podcast for the Seattle area. There was a lot of roller derby going on. And there was nobody really covering that roller derby that was happening. They were friends with Shiza in Seattle. And so they talked to Shiza and got her to commit to being on the show. And then Shiza told Megatron that they should talk to me because Shiza and I have been friends for quite some time. She's lived in Tucson for a short time while Sin City Skates was in Tucson. Right. And... So Shiza and I became fast friends during her stay here. And she told those guys, hey, you know, this guy's an opinionated jerk. He would be perfect for a podcast. (laughs) So they did episode one and I listened to it and I said, you know, get me on. I want to do it. It it sounds perfect for me. I have an opinion and I always want to give it. So starting with episode two, I was on the show. And uh, now we're up to episode 55. We recorded that tonight, and uh, it seems to be going well. I mean, you know, it's it's just fun talking about roller derby, and and yeah, we love yeah, it
0: absolutely. And it's really good to see how it went from a regional show originally to such a national or international phenomenon. Now you get people calling in from all over the world, and that growth was really amazing to see the transition from if someone was to go back and listen to all 55 episodes they could see that slowly progressing and, and the show getting bigger and bigger you must have a lot
3: of fans now out there pitch it well I don't know that I have any fans I think a lot of people like to not like me which is cool you know that's my job but the the reality is that the community is small even though it's international it's still relatively small community and so we've been fortunate that people all over the world are interested in roller derby and' we're just one more way for them to get involved and to learn about it and to to get more of their of their roller derby drug and so uh, w- you know yeah we've had some great success and and we're really excited about it we love doing it well you've definitely got three fans here Peter. Most
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah.
3: Cool. Well, I- I'm glad to have fans anywhere because uh, we put a lot of work into it. You know, this thing consumes a lot of time. It's oh, amazing. We're, how, yeah, how, we're, how long, we're, we're doing one every
0: yeah. three weeks and we're like, it's a lot of work. I can't imagine pumping out the content that you do on a weekly basis. So.
3: We're, we're fortunate in that our listeners provide a lot of our content. People submit through the website. They send us emails. They send us stuff on Facebook. So we've always got stuff coming in and that's huge. And we, we encourage it and we appreciate it. And so that cuts down on our work, but still organizing all that information, deciding what's important, you know, you guys know, you have a run sheet that you use for your show. You know, we, we have the exact same thing and we have to manage it. And it's, it's a lot of work. Not that has nothing to do with actually sitting down recording the show. All of the work that Megatron has to go through with editing it. It's a lot of work. And so. Uh, we're just really happy that all of that work is appreciated and that you know we have people who want us to keep doing it
0: yeah there's definitely lots of people who want you to keep doing it. i hope there's many more episodes to come any plans for you know derby deeds to, to expand even further maybe i don't know video or live shows and
3: things like that actually uh you know every once in a while something will come up and we'll we'll kick it around a little bit but we kind of like what we're doing right now it's it works for us and it's easy and it, it makes sense. So If it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. And, and we like the product that we put out and we just want to keep doing what we're doing. And talking about Derby is, you know, it's fun.
1: That's pretty much why we also started the podcast all one, you know, inspired by Derby D and too was people were just our family and friends. I guess we were a bit sick of us talking about Derby to them all the time, and we just wanted to talk about it all the time. So what we better? We just way need to, to get it out. <laughs> what better way to record it and put it out to the masses? <laughs> uh, but,
2: but now I harass my friends and family and make them
1: listen to the podcast, and they're like, "I don't even know what you're talking about. Why am I listening to this?" My mum is really keen to listen to it because she's an F. Like she used to be on like an ex-broadcaster she used to be on the radio as well and she's just like mind is boggled by the fact that i could just get on the internet for free and you know create a podcast and then the world hears it's just like you know the work i used to go through to just get people to listen to me and now i just you know it's it seems pretty easy so
3: but yeah it's, Technology, it's, a, it's, it's amazing
1: yeah it's, it's a really good medium to sort of let the world know about roller derby and to get our fix
3: <laughs> well we're pretty excited that all of a sudden uh, we're getting podcast people listening to it, not roller derby people. And, and that's interesting. You know, it, it's starting to cross some of the lines a little bit. We're we're leaving the roller derby community just a little bit. A few people here and there. You know, we're attracting podcast people, and and so that's interesting. I mean, that's really cool. I don't know what appeals to them exactly. Uh, you know, learning something new, I guess maybe. But we're enjoying some of that success, no doubt. Yeah, I am a
0: podcast person. I listen to thirty plus podcasts a week, and I I find what makes up the podcasting the the different characteristics of it, how it's still a underground medium it's coming up it's becoming more and more popular it's all DIY it's all volunteer it's all you know it's it's going to be the way of the future it's growing in popularity but still people don't know about it on the streets and what it is if you explain what a podcast is and I find that sounds to me very similar to roller derby derby. Um, Mm -hmm. the two the two mediums definitely go hand in hand and I think that podcasting and roller derby should you know makes a great marriage so
3: yeah I, I completely agree with you uh and podcasting's starting to come along too you know much like roller derby there's people out there who are actually making a living or uh attempting to make a living off of podcasting you know adam carolla here uh has a has a regular podcast that he charges for and he's doing very well with it you, you know there's um it's interesting what what can be done with podcasting and of course you know for us it's just it's just part of the addiction of talking about roller derby
2: so a big topic that is I know it's big in the states at the moment and it's also been spoken about um, around here is the um, testing that the wftda is doing with the no minors rule set can you fill us in on the progress of that or any inside knowledge that you may have how that's going
3: well we don't know anything more than you guys know but it's an interesting concept and of course uh it's going to change roller derby but is that is that a bad thing i don't think so i i think it's a good thing you know let's let's Try out the rules. Try some different things with the rules and see where we go. I think it's fairly obvious that one of the the things that's going to happen is that roller derby is going to get a little more physical if you take away the minors. Yeah. Uh, be- because you will have some more freedom with your arms and elbows and hands, uh, it's likely that you are going to take advantage of some of that freedom. And so... Uh, you know, roller derby is going to look a little bit different if they go forward with this. Now, if they don't, well, you know, they'll be looking for something else. They're always looking to revise the rule set. You know, I would like to see a single whistle start. Uh, yeah, I, think I that, agree. I yes. think that everybody should start on one whistle, and hopefully they'll start moving towards that. I watched a game last weekend uh, here in Arizona. We had the uh, Arizona State Conference, and they had their championship game. The team that won the uh, Arizona Bad News Beaters, uh, they tried something that was really interesting. They started every single jam on one knee. So they forced the whistle for the jammers immediately. And it worked great as far as I'm concerned. So maybe we can move towards that, you know, while we're messing with the rules. But then, what would Denver do, (laughs) (laughs) Pitchett? Well, what would a lot of teams do? You know, there's a ton of teams who who will just as soon stand around on the on the pivot line, you know. And so, I don't know. I, you know, get the game going and stop screwing around. I I don't understand. Well, I totally understand why they're standing around, but I, I don't like it, and I think it drags the game down for the spectators as well as the players.
2: I think it's good to see that the WFTDA they've got an idea. They're not just running with it. They're running tons of tests. They've got a structured plan of how these tests are going to go, where they're going to gather information and feedback. And... It's good to see that they're not just rushing out and making changes to the rules because they feel like it. They're thinking about making these changes and they've got such a structured way of doing it and getting the derby community involved. And it's it's good to see that they're thinking about it and they're looking at how to better the game and asking how this is affecting players, the refs, the spectators, everybody's getting involved. I like it. I, th- I think it sounds good. As a jammer who likes to use my elbows <laughs> quite a bit it's frustrating when you get penalized or you get a mo- you get a minor For something that didn't affect the game at all. This no-minus thing is something really to
3: think about.
0: Six test games, I don't know, is a, a very comprehensive sample size, but, you know, it's definitely something.
3: Right, it's a good starting point. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's great business. It's a great business decision to be very pragmatic about changing a rule. And I'm glad to see it from the WFTDA. We've seen in roller derby decisions just happen At the drop of a hat and we all wonder, you know, uh, why they happen the way they happen and they seem a little rushed and untested. And so this is great that they're doing this. I I support it completely, you know, test everything you want to test because that's how you're going to learn things. Now, one of the
0: things we've asked in previous episodes, if there's any fresh meat out there and you've got questions, you've got concerns, you're going into roller derby and it can be a daunting experience. If you've got any questions, we're here to help. We've got our very own sort of fresh meat on the panel Cyclone Scylla she's going Mm -hmm. through the same process as you are going through fresh meat sort of learning along the way and she's happy to answer any questions you have we actually received a few emails with some questions and I'm going to pose them to her and see if she can answer them hopefully that'll help all the fresh meat out there if anyone else wants to jump in feel free as well but Cyclone Scylla if I was a fresh meat person how much on average does it cost to play roller derby?
2: Okay, so it is an expensive sport. You have everything from your standard equipment, which is your skates, pads, helmet, mouth guard, and that can cost, you know, around about about $400. You can... Spend 400 to 600 to even more on a pair of skates alone. So, if you're looking at the standard freshie pack, you're looking about 400 bucks. Then you've got all your other equipment. You've got your skate bag, your workout clothes, your outfits, your socks, anything else, all your little bits and pieces. That is just limitless. I mean, you could go crazy on that. I think what the other standard costs are your fees, which are different for all leagues. You've got most leagues from what I've been able to find out has an annual league fee or an annual fee for skaters which can range anywhere from $60 a year to $120 a year. You have to pay for insurance, make sure if you hurt yourself that you're covered and I think most leagues go with Skate Australia, I'll talk about that a bit later on and you're looking about $60 a year. So it all adds up. On top of that, you've got to think about your skate maintenance, all your bits and pieces. You want to change your wheels every couple of months. You always want to get new laces, try the new bearings. You trash your pads and you've got to replace them. So you're looking at, I don't know, you can look at like about 200 bucks every six months or even more. So it is an expensive sport and that's one of the things I thought about when I started. The way I looked at it was it's fitness and it's fun and I could spend heaps of money on. These boot camps, which I think are around 40 bucks a session, or I could spend X amount of dollars for a yearly gym membership that I'm never going to use, which I've done before. And then you can spend extra money on keeping yourself entertained on the weekends. So the way I looked at it was it was worth it for me because I'm getting my weekly exercise I've committed to at least four hours exercise a week I'm not paying these gym memberships that I'm not going to use
0: now picture it as a skate shop proprietor one thing that I know a lot of fresh meat sort of come as far as cost goes is the skates is obviously the biggest component a lot of girls before they sort of you know they want to skate but they haven't fully fully committed they'll buy r3s or gt50s by shore grip I have seen some girls jump in straight into like the wicked 265s or something like that Do you recommend someone to start off with an actual beginner skate or is it advisable if you're going to skate, get the good stuff? Like how would you advise someone who came to you with some similar question?
3: (laughs) It's easy to assess where a person's at. Um, If they have been skating for some time and they are a committed skater, then, you know, they know where they're at and how much money they want to spend and what, what skates they need to have now if they're a brand new skater they they haven't skated before but they're just trying out derby for the first time and they're just trying out skating for the first time i always recommend to just buy just enough to get you going so that you can decide whether you like it or not is it the right thing to do if they're going to go in the closet, no, definitely not. There's $100 skates out there. There's $125 skates out there. Buy the $125 skates. You've barely committed any money to it. And six months from now, if you still like roller derby, buy some better skates. And if you don't like roller derby, put the skates in the closet. They were only $125.
0: There you go. We'll put them on eBay. I see a lot of skates oh. on eBay. People saying, oh, I tried it. I don't like it. So.
1: When I started derby <laughs> a year ago, I was looking for skates on eBay and there was nothing. There was really nothing. And I still occasionally just jump on and have a look what's, you know, what's going. And I just cannot believe the abundance of like freshy packs that are on, on eBay now. It's just like girls are thinking, you know, I've said this before. Girls get the illusion of being a Derby girl, cute tutu, stripey socks, you know, all the, all the fun stuff about Derby. And they get out there and they get their asses whooped and they're like, no, 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 this isn't for me. So I think pitchers advice is pretty good advice. Start off with a cheapy pair and if you absolutely catch the derby bug, which you know you will because it's just awesome, definitely upgrade. Now, Cyclone Scylla, besides training, how much of a time commitment is
0: involved in being a derby girl?
2: If you're like me and Roller Derby decides to take over your life, it does take quite a bit of commitment. It's something that I think you got to think about the people that run the leagues put in so much time and effort. If you're not going to put in the... time and effort that they expect of you, then really that's unfair on on these people who are starting up the leagues. Training is usually two to three times a week and it's crucial that you get to every training session that you can because... On time.
1: I just want to say on time. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because (laughs) you've got to have (laughs) your skates on and be ready when they're ready to skate because you don't want to miss your stretches and you don't want to miss your warm-up. You'll feel you'll be in a world of pain if you miss the beginning stretches and warm-up or the end stretches and warm-up. What I've seen is everyone comes through at different levels and I've seen girls who have missed quite a few skating sessions and just been overtaken like they're in skills wise I mean they, they can catch up sometimes but you need to try and dedicate yourself to every single training session or you'll get left behind. That's just – it's just the way that it goes. The fresh meat are coming up so fast these days. <laughs> yeah, I just say these days as though I've been skating forever. But some of the freshies, they do. They come in and they – just immediately know what they're doing. Other time commitments are fundraising. It's all for the skaters, by the skaters, and everybody's got to pay their dues. Everybody's got to put in what they can, whether it be standing at Bunnings doing a sausage sizzle on a Saturday or selling raffle tickets or sitting on the computer and helping to plan fundraising. It's something that needs to be done. Otherwise, your league's not going to be able to play if you don't have the money to hire a venue or you don't have the money to travel and and play against another team that's at the same level as you. So get involved in fundraising wherever you can. And when a bout comes up, if you're not skating, you've got to put in whatever you can, be an NSO, be a door bitch, work on the merch stands, help them set up, help them pack down. Everything takes a lot of time and you can't have a league with only five people doing all the work because nothing will get finished. On the upside of all the time commitment that's involved is that the more time you put in the more you get to know what roller derby is about if you nso for about you learn the scores better the rules better you learn the ins and outs of roller derby and you get closer with your teammates and so you do get something back from putting all the time
1: in so, I love it. I'm I'm part of the committee at Southwest Sydney Rockets, and it does take up a you know a fair bit of time. You know we do as much as we possibly can to help our president Kimikaze. So whether that be sending emails for her, calling up local newspapers, you know getting in touch with people to sponsor or help us with fundraising, it does take a lot of a lot of time up, but it is so so worth it in the end to see all our hard work go to something that just benefits the whole league. You know, we've talked about just recently, we had our first bout and that was really from the ground up. Everybody helped with that, you know, with raffle tickets. We had a cake store with manning the merch stand. And like you said before, if you're not on skates, you're doing something else. You know, you don't have to be a skater to be part of a league. You know, there's NSOs, there's, there's being a door bitch, there's, there's heaps of different jobs in a league that are off skates if you're just too scared to get on them, which is fine.
2: Everyone has their own secret talents as well. You speak to any league organizer or president there's everybody in the league has a certain talent that you can use in some way whether you're a secretary or a or a graphic designer or whatever it is just have a think about how you can help out because they'll appreciate it so much you're just taking a little bit off their shoulders and if everybody pitches in yeah the time commitment is shared evenly and everybody is aiming towards the same goal and If you all put in some effort, you'll get there.
0: Our next Fresh Meat question is that once you become a member of a league, how do you get drafted onto a team? Because I've noticed that most teams seem to have an average number of 12 or so skaters. What happens to all the other derby girls when a league has 80 or more skating members?
2: Okay, so where I'm coming from is basically just sort of what I've seen around me. But practice and commitment is really like I said all skaters come up at their own level so if you don't get picked the first time to playing about don't get down on yourself it just means that you're not ready to go out there and get smashed yet like if you don't get picked you'll probably get absolutely annihilated so yeah the more practice and the more commitment that you put in the better skater you're going to be the more noticed you're going to get yeah the more likely you are to get picked that might take you six months it might take you 12 months it might take you 18 months to be actually about ready but you've got to have faith in the selectors in your league they're going to pick you when you are ready you I mean I don't know how other leagues if they have yeah how they pick their teams but I know that um the presidents of our league are really careful in the way that they pick people. And at the end of the day, they're looking out for the skaters and they don't want anyone to get hurt. So if you're not about ready or you're injured or you know ready to go out there then they're not going to pick you the other thing is that there's levels of testing called star tests they are another way that these selectors make sure that you're safe and you're contact ready so you got to work your way through the star tests until you're about ready so it can be frustrating at times but it'll make you a better person and a stronger skater if you just wait until the right time and take any advice that you can um, to get you to that level as fast as you can but it just takes practice and,
0: and commitment. So what is the deal with skater insurance? How do you get it and how much does it cost on average? Should you get it once you become a member of a league or as soon as you start trying out for fresh meat?
2: Okay so I looked into this a little bit because I know there's a few different options out there but the most common one seems to be that you go through Skate Australia and that might be something that your league will set up for you and most leagues will also advise that you have your own private health insurance because there's some things that Skate Australia may not cover or if you hurt yourself and you're not in a proper, from what I understand, if you're not in a proper training session, like say you go out for a street skate and you hurt yourself, then your Skate Australia insurance isn't going to cover you there. So, yeah, talk to the league. Most leagues these days are holding info nights. They'll tell you everything that you need to do before you sign up for Fresh Meat. I would hold off on getting your Skate Australia insurance until after you've spoken to your league. and. I also believe, now I'm just going to read this because it's straight from the Skate Australia website. Skate Australia has a waiver that lasts for only three come and try sessions. After three, it is then recommended that the skater join for insurance purposes as the waiver does not cover for personal accident for the skater. What I understand, they will cover you for your first three sessions before you fork out the big bucks to to have your full insurance so talk to your league yeah just find out if they're going to sign you up or if they recommend you sign yourself up but go along and try out your first fresh meat sessions and see if you like it first before because i think skate australia is about 60 65 dollars
1: per year for your full your proper insurance so
2: did that answer
1: your question, you Noms? Yeah, that? no, I was just going to say about that last thing with insurance where you sort of covered it that, yeah, um, different different leagues do have different insurance policies and use different yeah. companies. Skate Australia is just, you know, one of them. They just don't only do derby, they obviously do all different kind of skate things in Australia. But other leagues might use a private insurance, so costs could vary. Levels of insurance might vary and stuff, but it's definitely important to make sure that if you're a member of one league and you've decided to go to train with another league for a boot camp or you've decided to NSO for another league make sure that your insurance covers you for moving around because you don't want to be going to help someone out with all the best intentions and then get hurt and then realize because your insurance didn't say or you can't go help this person you won't be covered for whatever the accident is so just always read the fine print it's really important you know we all love to get out there and Escape. You just need to take care of your, take care of yourselves. Yeah, okay.
2: and I think most leagues will have like an appointed secretary or insurance mm-hmm. or noms. What do they call it in our league? The person who looks after the insurance is that the secretary? We've is that got the secretary who does yeah, that? Okay. Yeah,
1: Terry who takes care of all the insurance. If you have any insurance questions, obviously if you there are steps. If you get hurt at training or at right about, you see our first aid person who and then gives you an injury form, who and then, you know, proper steps. But if you have any questions about your insurance, see usually your secretary. They can answer any questions you have or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And like I said, most leagues these days are holding fresh meat info nights before you actually strap on the skate, which I think is a great idea for all of these questions to be, to be asked and probed because a lot of the questions are different depending on the league and how they run and if you are interested in more information from skate australia you can head to www.skateaustralia.org.au because they've got heaps of info on their website i think it was really good They just put it all out there and um, if your league says yep we go with skate australia you can read up on it and read the fine print
1: yourself. Awesome. Thanks for that, Zilla. Yeah. No worries, Guy.
0: Now, if any Fresh Meat have any other questions for us, we're always happy to answer them. You can send them to us at podcast at vivaladerby.com.
1: Yeah, and I
2: just want to do a shout out. Those questions were sent in, and they were really good questions because I think they're definitely things I thought about when before I joined. They were sent in by Emma, who is affectionately named our number one stalker. So I
1: like that. We've got a stalker now. I love like the fact that she's a stalker that doesn't even skate yet. Like, she's not, yeah. she's not she's not, even fresh meat for any particular league yet. She's just, like, super keen and wants to know everything. And he's listening to the podcast and he's reading the blogs and he's just out there just soaking up all the derby information possible. And when she gets finally gets her skates on and becomes fresh meat, she's going to be awesome. So good luck, Emma. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think the... Skaters like that, dedication, they're just going to soak it up and she's taking everything in and she's obviously really excited and she's got the drive and the passion. So that's what we want in uh, the Derby community. Definitely.
1: Recently, we received an email from the Newcastle Roller Derby League who told us a story about a roller derby girl from the Emerald Coast Roller Derby League in the States. Her name is Laurie. She was attacked by her partner in a domestic violence assault on the 23rd of April, earlier this year. Laurie is having surgery to repair her broken eye sockets, nose and cheekbones. She faces a long recovery with mounting medical bills and no insurance. Many people, everybody's shocked to hear this. You know, we're on the other side of the world and we're just you know appalled that this has happened and you know to to especially to or to anybody it'd be awful but you know it sort of touches home because derby girls uh are. have this air about them that they're tough and nothing can hurt them and you know, unbreakable and it just shows that I guess we're not superheroes and we're just as vulnerable as everybody else and these awful things can happen to any one of us. So Newcastle Roller Derby League has stepped up and wants to support Laurie in any way, shape or form possible. So they're getting together to raise money to assist Laurie with any of her medical bills. Newcastle Roller Derby League also got in touch with Jenny's Place Women's and Children's Refuge. They went out to their bow on the seventh of May and said a few words in a small speech and held a store about domestic violence and how to get help if you are in that kind of situation or if you know someone that's in that situation how to approach it and how to you know help them realise that there is a way to to get out of that and that you, they're not they're not alone and they have their derby sisters and derby family around them to support them. Nrdl's public officer Foxy McMuff stated that Nrdl is fully behind supporting Laurie and. Helping helping her with her medical expenses. Domestic violence in any form is not acceptable and NRDL is pleased that we can assist. I'm sure I can safely say that it's not only NRDL's stand, that it's probably every roller derby league in the world's stand, to that domestic violence is not acceptable and not one of us is going to stand for this. So if you want to help help out Laurie, get onto her Facebook page, which is facebook.com com forward slash Laurie aid l o r I A I D. Remember you can log on to your PayPal account, click the send money tab and send the gift to Laurie Milkeries Medical at Yahoo.com. I'll spell that L-O-R-I-M-I-L-K-E-R-I-S medical at yahoo.com obviously anything's going to help this derby sister out so dig deep guys we've all got to band together and make a stand against domestic violence just to make sure everybody knows that they're not alone in this there's always there's a phone number there's a there's a refuge there's a friend there's a derby sister there, there's someone that's always going to be willing to help you so again you know take care of each other guys
2: yeah and we wish Laurie a speedy recovery and Newcastle Roller Derby League I think you're doing a great thing
0: This is Megatron from the Derby Deeds Podcast, and you're listening to Viva La Derby, spreading the gospel of roller derby by making love to your ear cavities. But not really, because that's kind of gross. As usual, we've always got lots of stuff coming up in the roller derby world we live in, and May is proving no different with a jam-packed calendar. Starting this weekend, we have on both Saturday and Sunday the Eastern Region Roller Derby round one unfortunately these are close bouts but at least we know that it's out then it's happening Saturday and Sunday May 14 15 is the round one with Sydney Roller Derby League Newcastle Roller Derby League Western Sydney Roller Derby uh, Wollongong Illawarra Roller Derby and Canberra Roller Derby League all fighting it out I know that last year I went to the final of that. that was a great thing to watch you know these are all teams that are in our local area I know I'm looking forward to when they actually have the third or fourth round finals later on in the year.
1: May the 14th is South Seas Roller Derby SSRD's Tour of Booty. The Dolly Rogers versus the Cutthroat Charmers.
2: May 15th we've got Geelong Roller Derby and Heads May Roll (laughs) and we've got the Psychotics versus the Atom Bombs.
0: Next week, May 21, Roller Derby World Cup Team Australia New South Wales tryouts which is a massive thing as we were talking about before. That's at Gateshead Indoor Sports World Newcastle starting at 11am. If you're a derby girl who Wants to represent your country, head on over to Newcastle if you're within the in the area, of course. This is the New South Wales tryout, and ass and junk will put you through the the paces to see if you're good enough to represent Australia. Oh, May twenty one, Perth thanks. and Bunbury Roller Derby League, quads of war. Bunbury roller derby versus Perth roller derby. Perth roller derby all stars versus the wards of the state.
2: And May twenty second, Adelaide Roller Derby League has the Road Train Rollers versus
1: the Wild Hearses. I'm sure we'll hear from Holga von Lomo on that one. Last but not least, Toowoomba City Rollers and Brisbane City Rollers, 28 skates later. Hilltop Hit Squad, Toowoomba versus the Misfits, Brisbane.
0: If anyone's seen the poster art for that, it's one of the best derby posters I've seen. It's my, my yeah, one of my favourites. But of course, there's a lot more derby going on around our world. We haven't mentioned it. But if you need to check out upcoming bouts or any results that we didn't mention, you can always go to rollerderbyau.blogspot.com. They're always great at bringing all the results together advertising every bout that's coming up as well so make sure you go there roller derby au.blogspot.com and
2: if you are at any of these bouts or any bout or any after party don't
1: forget to call us on the hotline give us a hotline number just a quick apology to everybody who i spammed with the wrong phone number i had our own phone number wrong in my phone really sorry guys just want to say that typo <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> Okay, now time for Big Pimper. We've got heaps of roller derby community businesses and things going on that we want to pimp out. So first up, we have the Roller Derby Quilt. I've seen something about this on Facebook. It's a collaborative art quilt made up of roller derby skaters, refs, referees, and fans from around the world. The goal is to get squares representing individuals and teams from every league worldwide. So far, they have over 100 squares. Get in contact with them by going to Roller Derby Quilt Quilt.com.
2: Who's sending one in for Viva La Derby? Are they, will they accept one from Roller Derby Podcasts?
3: Well, do you know how to quilt? That, uh, like, uh, no, all you have to do is send them. I sent them a shirt like way early on. I sent them one of our um, Dry Heat Militia shirts and it's in there. You can send them just about anything and they'll add it in. So oh, Excellent. Like awesome. a t-shirt or whatever. All right, we need to send something we got to get Big derby, derby, derby on there. Next on Big
0: People, we've got Spank Alley Bling. Basically, they've got your covers covered. So, if you need helmet panties, knee pad covers, our girls skate on a floor where you have to have your knee pads covered because they scratch the floor up, etc. If you need your know, skate covers, etc., Spank Alley Bling, a new business, new Derby business, Derby owned and run. You can search for them on Facebook, get in contact with them to get all your, your cover needs.
2: That's cool because I really don't like. The look of my wrist pads I like them they feel good they work but they just look ugly so
1: I'm gonna get some
0: yeah you can get old fashioned leg warmers from the 80s and Ooh. do the fame dance
1: I'm gonna do that <laughs> I'm pretty sure actually um, our Vivilla Derby friend Kelly from Hard is actually doing some product testing for them for the knee pad covers because they, had, they hadn't actually tested them on wooden floorboards yet. So maybe when we've got Kelly on the show in the not too far future, we can quiz her about how they went. We've got a really cool voicemail from Duke New- Newcomb of the Brisbane City
2: Rollers who has started up rocket screen printing.
4: Hi, these are the Derby. This is Duke Newcomb from Brisbane City Rollers. And first, I want to say I think that it's great that we have our own Australian Derby podcast now. So keep it up. You guys are awesome. Also, I have my own 100% Derby owned and run business called Rocket Screen Printing. And I heard you're after some t shirts, which I'd love to help with. Call me.
2: Do you have one of those refs who will pull out a ruler and measure your numbers on your jersey just to make sure they are WFTDA regulation size? We do, don't we, Noms? Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. The back is all about it. Worry not when you get them done from Rocket Screen Printing, 100% Derby-owned business. All orders for numbers come with a free smug grin for you to wear while your ref checks. I like that.
0: Uh, next on our big pimping list is roller derby down We've mentioned this website before, they're doing some great work, but I've been talking with uh, Fallen Star, who runs that site, and he's got some great things coming up. He's going to revamp some of the details on there, some new things coming up uh, uh, as far as the, the name roster and the league roster and all that sort of thing. And we might actually be a part of that somehow as well. So keep your eye on roller derby down under.com.
2: They were the first place I found decent information
1: when I was looking for a league to join.
0: Yeah, I think that's how I found Southwest Sydney Rockets.
1: We're also pimping out another roller derby movie. These seem to be popping up everywhere. This one is called Murder Drome. It's done by Strongman Pictures Entertainment. They're currently looking for sponsors I guess we can get in touch with Daniel at daniel.armstrong1971 at gmail.com I just want to say that this movie is a slasher movie that's set around the context of a roller derby rivalry probably not for the kiddies no not, it's definitely not not, <laughs> not, not like Starcross Jammers is going to be um, I think it's a little bit more PG this one not so much Fun just the,
0: po- the posters themselves show a lot of blood <laughs> on big knives so, this is going to be a, a web series, and five videos shown over YouTube. So, not your traditional film, but that's, you know, the way independent film seems to be going is a lot of web series and that sort of thing. I personally love a good schlock D-grade horror movie. Some of my favourite movies are those crappy 70s ones that just make you laugh and they're, they're funnier than they are scary. So, uh, it's interesting to see what they can do with Roller Derby. I, I hope Roller are uh, portrayed in a good light with this one. Uh,
2: look, I asked him in, in emails, I haven't spoken, to him personally but i did ask him like how are you going to betray roller derby and um and look he had a good answer for me he he isn't involved in roller derby but he's very interested in it and he's meeting a lot more roller derby girls roller derby refs yeah a lot of derby people through this and he was very respectful in his answer and saying that yes it is a blood and gore slasher movie it is a little bit movie that's actually the word that he used <laughs> i guess you could say glamorized so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it and there is a certain audience for it i mean i've never been a huge fan of blood and gore but anything roller derby i'll i'll have a watch
0: and, and uh, we have a very special announcement is that yeah. our very own cyclone scylla is making a Sort of appearance in the film, anyway.
2: Sort of. They, my name was chosen as one of the supporting actors. I asked him a little bit more about the character. I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not, but um, I had a bit of a giggle because there's something about her that does remind me of me, even though he hasn't based it around me. So but you won't be like acting gonna...
0: in it? You won't be acting uh, no. in it, but one of the characters is named after you?
2: Yeah. There is a character in there called Cyclone Silla. So.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool.
2: That is pretty cool. So, But yeah, I think it's going to have a little bit of comedy in it. It's for people who love that glamorized blood and gore and it's only online. So you can subscribe to their YouTube channel so you don't miss any episodes. You can find all the links through their website, which is www.strongmanpicks.com.
0: Another initiative that Viva La Derby has taken under its wing, and we're we're happy to promote and hopefully you know the rest of the derby community takes on board as well, is that Cyclone Silla has been a busy little bee putting together a Google Map of skating locations around Australia. What it will do is allow you to go onto this page, which will be available through our website. And what can they find there, Silla?
2: We've had a few people putting on their... You know, their skate tracks, their local rinks. Pitchett's put his local rink. That must be the one in Arizona. Is that right, it, Tucson?
3: Yep, that's the one.
2: That's the one. Hey. I got very excited. I thought it's it going must international. be.
3: international.
2: The main reason behind it was, like, I was going for a walk one morning and the track that I walk on is not really roller skating friendly. It's, yeah, a bit rough. And I was just thinking, man, it would be so good if there was a map I could look at and go, I'm going to try out that track today and go for a nice outdoor skate. It's a public map. Anyone can edit it. All you need to do is sign into your Google account, put your pin on there, tell us a bit about it, and share it around. So I want to be able to go on holidays and go, well, you know what? I'm going to take my skates because there's a good track there or there's a roller skating rink nearby. and Yeah. So, what sort
0: of things are we looking for for people to put on there?
2: Oh, look, anything from, from an outdoor skating track or a nice smooth streets that you can skate on to just anywhere. Where do you skate? The girls from Skate Salvage, I think it was Ace Vegas, put a little track on there where they go from the shop and they take their outdoor wheels out for test runs and stuff like that. So, yeah, we would just basically want to know where you skate.
0: So, not only, yeah. your, you know, your, your regular skate rinks or your training facilities, but also if there's a good basketball court, outdoor basketball court, or a parking lot that you know is good to skate on, anything yeah. you want to add on there, you'll be able to find well, it on vvilladerby.com and add your pins.
2: Yeah. When, we, when I went out to Sydney Olympic Park for the bout the other night, I was just drooling over this car park. You should have seen me. I was just saying, oh, I wish I had my skates in the back of the car, because it was perfect
1: for skating, and it was dead empty. Well, yeah, actually, uh, one, that. one of our friends, Dita Von Bruza, actually has skated in that park, car park and said it was like magic. It was like skating on a cloud only to be ruined by the very mean security guard that popped out of there and chased her out of there. So it's cool. It's really nice. Do it on the sly. <laughs> Might have to put a little note, be careful of scary security guards. Yeah, skate faster, <laughs> than security guard can run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out at vivaladerby.com. There'll be a link on the side, take you straight into the Google Maps. I mentioned earlier in the show that for the very first time, we've actually had someone approach and say, hey, how about you give something away to your listeners? And, you know, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. Derbyskates.com.au approached us and said, we've got some red Adam Jukes. To give away if you want, and I said, of course I do, but I'm not just going to give them out willy nilly. You know, we need people to work for their for their prize. These are some good wheels, though, right,
3: pitcher? Uh There's not uh, a wheel that Adam makes that's not a good wheel, and and the Jukes are a great wheel. Uh, they're a 59 millimeter diameter wheel, a little bit smaller than what everybody's used to at a 62. Uh, and it's just a it's a great all-around wheel. I think you'll find that uh, you'll have great success and excellent grip with that wheel.
0: Excellent. And we're going to be giving them away to the most creative voicemail recording that tells us, be careful here, how Derby saved my soul. So you can call 430 leave a message telling us how Derby saved your soul, and the most creative voicemail will win these wheels. Now, when I say be creative... Think outside the box. I want to hear haikus. I want to hear songs, celebrity impressions, or like you know freestyle raps. Anything that you can think that will win us over to give you those wheels. Zero four three zero two one seven four three five. Leave a message. There is a two and a half minute limit on the voicemail recording. If you need more than that, call back again. Keep going because we'll edit it together, whatever the case may be. Call away. Zero four three zero two one seven four three five win some Adam Dukes. Awesome. This is brought to us by derbieskates.com.au. Big shout out to Dicey Riley. Uh, thank you so much, Dicey, for getting in contact with us. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to giving away your stuff.
2: And I look forward to hearing some of these uh, voicemail messages. Of yeah, Half-Birds. we'll be playing
0: a few of the best ones on the next episode and hopefully announcing the winner very shortly.
1: I really hope we get some freestyles. That'll be awesome. Freestyle that'd really, raps. Yeah, that like make my day. <laughs>
0: I want to hear celebrity impressions. I think cool. that'd be funny if Ray Romano <laughs> rang up asking for wheels and how Derby wanna, saved his soul.
1: I want to hear impressions of the three of us. <laughs> That'll be funny. <fine.
0: laughs> People are like I'm a big Kahuna.
1: <laughs> they could just hear me fudging up all the um, all the script anyway. So, what else we got coming up, guys?
0: Well, that's it for today's show, I think. You got uh, anything else? That's that. it. All right, let's wind it up.
1: Okay. On episode four, you lucky listeners out there have some, a pretty good episode coming up. Interview with Atomic Cherry from Hard about starting up two leagues in New South Wales. We've mentioned her before. She's a good friend of the podcast.
0: We're going to have a chat with Ass and Junk. Coach of NRDL, Dockyard Dames, and also, of course, Team Australia for the World Cup. I'm super excited to pick his brain. Obviously, a, a coach of that caliber is great to get have on board, and we look forward to talking to him. And, of course, we're going to bring you all the news from the Eastern Region Roller Derby Tournament, including the results and recaps. We've got a lot coming up in the future, guys. The future looks bright for Viva La Derby. But until next time, we're going to thank Pitch from the bottom of our hearts for joining us. It's been a long slog early in the
3: morning. What time is the picture? It is 5.19 a.m. The sun is starting to come up. Oh, shit. (laughs) We apologize profusely. But thank you. Not at all. I was glad to do it. I'm I'm really happy that you invited wow. me, and I appreciate it.
1: Well, we really hope you had a good time because we absolutely loved having you on the show, and I'm sure later down the track we would love to have you back on the show just to see everything that's happening over there with roller derby, so we can pick your brain once again.
3: Yeah, well, let's figure out how to do the show from Australia. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I promise. I promise. I'll work on that. I don't know how. Powers of B. Someone will help me get you here so you can teach me default strategy. I need to learn that stuff.
2: So make well, sure you it, say hi to all the other Derby Deeds guys as well. Megatron and Dumpchark and Lulu and She's It and everybody else that I've missed.
0: Everyone always
3: gets um, Matt.
1: Matt. He's yeah. all Matt. <laughs>
3: Matt, Matt's pretty quiet. He's in the background a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll say hi to all those guys for you.
0: it, thanks for coming on. If people want to get in contact with you,
3: what can they do? Well, pitch it at derbydeeds.com. That's the best way. If you're looking for default strategy information, I have uh, like a form that I send out that gives you everything that you want to know. If you're uh, looking for skate gear, you can go to derbysupply.net, check us out, see what we got. Uh, we'll figure out how to get it to you in Australia. Excellent.
0: Thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks, Thank Bidget. you,
0: guys. Thanks, Okay, until next time, I've been the Big
3: Kahuna.
2: I've been Denominator. I'm Cyclone Silla.
3: And I'm Pidgeot. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: Excellent.
2: I
1: was so excited for that I just, I just did a fist pop.